you listeners of the chat and welcome to a brand new special episode. Tonight we are here to discuss our top five favorite soap opera storylines in the history of this almost 90 year old genre. But before we get to it, let's say hello to our co-host. I just described him as the Whoopi Goldberg of this podcast. Rodrigo, how are you? (laughs) I am doing Kim Delaney well today. How are you? Casey. Sorry. I am doing well. <laughs> I am doing so well. Uh, the always beautiful number one stunner of this podcast. D, how are you? I am feeling Jacqueline McKinnis Woods on Instagram Live today. Fantastic. <laughs> None of these are making any sense. Uh, let's say hello to the Carly Manning of this podcast. Alan, how are you? Meh. That's it, just meh. Oh, that's how I was <laughs> my mom's last marriage. And the always <laughs> wonderful. Wow. Last but not least, <laughs> that's, how, that's how Crystal Chappelle allegedly feels about Deidre Hall. <laughs> Tiggs, how are you, my dear? I'm doing swell. Oh, not I'm just doing better than swell. I'm doing better than a mannequin of Force of Creations. And I'm doing better than The Young and the Restless's ratings. But, you know, here we are. We are not Ooh, here to discuss that today. We are here to get into the amazing memories that we have of wonderful soaps of past and present. And let's see what we got on our list. So, Dee, we will start with you. What storyline comes in on your top five list in the number five spot? Why did you have to call on me? I was not paying attention to the topic, so I did the wrong one. Okay, that's fine, though. I can wing this. this oh, Lord, here we go. It's okay. The, you know what? If I can pull it out of my ass and get an A in an American Studies class, I can do a damn podcast. Well, I'm proud of you for finally doing anal and exploring, but that's not what we're here for. I don't do that. That's not kosher. Um, number five. <laughs> number five. Ooh, let me pull this. Ooh, cat poop, Sam. Cat poop, Sam. That is my number five storyline. Let me tell you why. I am down with cat poop, Sam, because everybody could get it when she had that, whatever the name of that disease is that she had. We just called it cat poop on Twitter. Oh, girl, let Carly have it. Let her know about herself. She kicked Sonny down. Foot went out and just kicked him. Bam, bam, bam. Down off in the floor. And we got scenes, the only scenes where it felt like Sam was actually a Jerome when she was interacting, when Kelly Monaco was interacting with Mara West. I'm telling you, I was living. That was the only time that, that was, I was like, she is a Jerome. When, she, when, when, when her face was all burnt up and she's sitting there and she's talking to her and she put that mask on and she's telling her, be your best self, live your best life and be that gangster bitch that you are. I was like, cat poop, Sam, I'm here for it. She wasn't checking for Sunny. She wasn't checking for Carly. She wasn't checking for the mob. And then we didn't know it was Jason, but we probably should have known it wasn't Jason because he actually put Sam first. He sat up there and he said, I am done with the mob. I'm putting my wife and my children first. And Jason Morgan ain't ever did that a day in his goddamn life. So that's how we should have known that Drew was somebody else. But during that time, 
Uh, I was not hitting the fast forward button. Every day I was excited because Sam mm-hmm. was wild and Kelly Monica was there. She was in mm-hmm. the moment and she was there. I love that storyline. Cat Poop Sam, we ain't seen her since then. Sam has never had the balls that she had during that time. She didn't have it before. Nope. We saw nope. little glimpses of it, like when she and Jason broke up and she dragged him for filth after that car accident about how he was a shitty son of Monica, but we never really got to see it. And then, you know, man, Carly got into that big old fight or whatever with him. <laughs> Sorry, Carly got into that fight off in Jake. You saw little glimpses, but she was a true Jerome. She was a Cassidine princess up in that moment. So Cat Poop Sam gets it for me. That's my that's my number five. Now the rest of this podcast, since that was your number five, you're required to speak like Kelly Monaco does in her scenes now. Oh, you know I will. I'll talk loud. She talks loud when she wants to. When she likes the person she's in a scene with. Bye. D, I, I think I really like you top five D. I really, really did. How are you the granddaughter of Victor Jerome and Nikos Cassidy and you're just nothing? What do you mean, Tiggs? I'm everything to Jason. Uh, I want to go on record and say, Carmina Monaco, if you are listening to this podcast, I'm going to give you his Twitter handle. I'm going to give you his Twitter handle. I didn't say none of that because, you know, I ride for you. You already know, and I ride for your daughter. Um, both of their Twitter handles. Um, so you can go eat Philly on there. Look, she, she was nah, she, she already snapped but I'm, I'm, snatched me up. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Monica, Mama Monica <laughs> snatched. Mama Monica snatched, snatched me up. She snatched me up already. I, oops, I'm sorry, girl. My I bad. Had go, I had to roll up in the, I had to roll up in the <laughs> Rodrigo's mentions and be like, bro, you know she followed me. She be reading my tweets. You Look, out of the 20 years that she's been with ABC Daytime, 17 of those have been really, really good. And that's what I will say. Um, but Rodrigo, let's go to you next. Uh, what comes in at number five for you? My number five top storyline of all time is the tale of two Todds on One Life to Live. I loved Trevor St. John's interpretation of Todd Manning. I love, 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 loved it. But when the show had the opportunity to bring back Roger Howard back on the show, they spin this tale, Ron Calavati, spin the tale only he could tell of how Todd, how the real Todd came back to town and who the hell was this Todd in a new face. Back in history, we never saw Irene Clayton give birth to Todd in the first place. So you just add another baby. So you add baby Victor. So to reveal that Todd, that Victor was another twin, that Trevor St. John's Todd was really Vic- Todd, the way they went back and forth on each other. And just the acting along with Cassie the Piva and Travis and John and Roger and and mm-hmm. uh, what's her name Kristen Alderson, everybody brought their A game on that storyline. Florencia Lazano. That was the last. Oh my God, Florencia. The woman who never got the credit. Thank you, Dee. Thank you. Never got her due. Never got her due. Never. Daytime with Florencia Lozano. And she killed that storyline. The twist where Todd actually killed Victor or shot Victor, yes. but, you know, he was really dead. Uh, that that was the combination of it that led right to the end of the last episode of One Life to Live. So that was my number. My favorite number five was the tale of two Todds, which I wish they would have done with Jason and Drew. 
but that's another story. That's another another thing on this. But Roddy cemented, put his foot on that return. Damn it, why are we love from the beginning to end. We are that, that was one of mine, and you took it. We are turning into top five things we hate about General Hospital podcast. I mean, it's like every story gets a GH. Yeah, I, I love that storyline because you got the best of both worlds. I love Florencia with Trevor St. John, and I loved Cassie with Roger Howard. So you just got the best of both worlds. It's like you got your Todd and Taya, kind of, and you got your Todd and Blair all at the same time. Yes. And I love how I they got rid of Trevor St. John. Trevor St. John was the best actor. Oh, he was. He was one of the best recaps. I stopped calling Todd Raper Todd. That's how good Trevor St. John was. Because he was acting lazy. Years. Trevor was just brooding. And Trevor reminded me a lot of when As the World Turns recast Craig with Hunt Block. You know, you Mm -hmm. were nervous that you weren't going to have your original there, but then. They made you forget about the original, like real. right. They brought the original back, and he didn't work. <laughs> like shit. <laughs> but no, shout on I, I do. No, I don't want last so sad. Like St. John, he did. He put his foot in that damn role. Like, I ended up loving, but Trevor St. John and Florence Lozano's chemistry was just like amazing. amazing. Oh, like one when, when, when she was like, oh, yes. Yes. One of my favorite scenes was when 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 um Ty came back and Blair was looking at him and he looked at her and said, "You can't tell me you don't know who I am." I'm like, ah! <laughs> right. What the? Tiggs, do that one more time for me so I can have that as my ring don't. <laughs> oh Lord, I who. But anyway, <laughs> Mariah Carey on the podcast. Lord. I'm serious, Mariah Carey when she could still Mariah Carey. Don't get us Lambs, lambs. Go to him, lambs. Lambs, 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 lambs not play. Don't get <laughs> us. Get him. Get him. <laughs> lambs, get no, him. no, I'll do the do dong all day, but. KPS Hutch and not lambs. Okay, get his ass. About my don't hit me up on Insta though, because I don't know how to work the Instagram. So you're gonna have to catch me on Twitter or Facebook. Lord, you You just don't understand what fandom okay. you're messing with. They're gonna throw a whole bunch of pork chops at Casey's Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, Tiggs. What comes in at number five for you? My number five, Carly being buried alive. Bloop. It, it, it was just something that had never been done before on daytime. And just the way Vivian had that walkie-talkie down there talking to her and the way she rolled her ass on that fresh dirt cackling as she heard Carly screaming for help. Oh, that, I think that was James E. Riley's first batshit crazy mm-hmm. storyline on days was Carly buried like, alive. Like, God damn it. Yeah. Like, Vivian said, oh, bitch, you got to go. I ain't going to kill you, but you're going to go some type of way. Shit. Oh, yes, yes. It, it, I, it, it was just so good. And, you know, every time they've tried to do it, again, it just doesn't work because it's missing – the same atmospheric writing and the same gothic Ooh. dark shadows. Yeah, yeah. Because how, many, even, how many times Days has done that buried alive with other characters? I'm like, so many. And I'm sorry, not even Ron could pull it off. <laughs> yeah, because even 
even when 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 James E. Riley did it with Sheridan on Passions, it still kind of had that same thing. Even though you had saw it only ten years before, they it worked. done it a lot, and it's only worked twice. It worked when Lauren was buried alive by Sean Garrett on Young and Restless. And it worked when Carly was buried alive. But you also had two of the best writers in soap history that tackled that storyline. And so, you know, when other, not really lesser writers, because they're not lesser writers, but when other writers tried to tackle something that's been done before, you know, it's hard to catch the same presence and the same meaning. You know, like when James Simbeck was brought back the first time on As the World Turns, it didn't hold the same weight when he was brought back in 2008, you know? Lord, Lord, and when they brought him back as Tom Pelfrey, child. Oh, God. Kill it with fire. Kill it with fire. fire. Kill the show's ratings is what they did. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was a fabulous storyline. Like, Bo went thwarted just for her to leave his ass for Lawrence. (laughs) <laughs> and I loved Lawrence and Carly. Oh. Lawrence <sighs> Calamane, that damn rapist. Well, anyway, I'm very, very interested to hear what Alan put in his number five spot. So let's He go. already said one of these being we're gonna hate. I know. So I'm just waiting for not this one. one. The debut of Natalie Buchanan. Waiting for Natalie Buchanan. Right. Natalie Buchanan. Introduction of Melissa Archer. Natalie and Christian's romance. <laughs> okay. And Natalie got her own bumper. <laughs> okay, number five. It was my very first dance storyline, Salem Stalker. Oh, no. I, okay. Hey. No, I like hey. that. No. Carry hey. on. Okay, yeah. You're safe. It was crazy, but it was so fucking great. Mm-hmm. They had bitches dropping from Priyatas. Tiger maulings. People get beaten with a rock, shot. Killed a donut, and I had Marlena doing it. It was so fucking great. I wish everyone had stayed dead. They should have just had everyone stay dead. I didn't need everyone on that fucking island. That was fucking stupid. Everyone should have been dead. Maggie should have, especially should have stayed dead. I, I loved when she got bashed with a freaking bottle. She, ugh. anyway. Well, then we'll have to meet up one day and we'll reenact that, okay? You, you come over. I can go home. Oh my God, it's you. <laughs> that was the shit because you just wondered who was next, who was next, who was next. Yes. And my mama had called it. My mom was like, it'd be some bullshit if Marlena was doing this. And God damn it. She was like, I told you she did it. And Celeste, <laughs> holding those press conferences with Celeste, and she's trying to figure out who it is. And she's like, doom, darling. Oh. Okay. With her, with her motherfucker. Oh, God. Tanya Boyd, I hope she's having a great day today. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the black Tanya's the daytime are having a good retirement. You know, Tanya Lee, and yeah, I ho- hope they're all doing well. Um, well, I'm going to continue James E. Riley's reign at days because coming in at number five for me is Marlena's Devil Possession. So. Ooh. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. come on. Deidre Hall, okay. the woman who was robbed of that Emmy. I mean, just amazing work, amazing effects for the time, especially in daytime. The show that went from a 5.2 to a 7.9 and almost beat The Young and the Restless. The story that was oh. had Daydream Lives being the only soap to gain viewers a lot during the OJ trial and 
I mean, just amazing. And I loved that, you know, at the time, Marlena was just a very buttoned up character who wasn't sure which Roman or John she loved. And this just took her out of that. And it gave her something fresh mm -hmm. and something great. And <laughs> when that priest, when he was in the hospital after trying to do an exorcism on Marlena and he started freaking the fuck out because he had a demon in him too. And Lexi didn't know what was going on. Oh, I mean, just amazing binge-worthy television. I mean, Days of Our Lives truly went all out. And when that chandelier dropped down on Bo and Billy's wedding. <laughs> okay. Satan was obviously a born hope fan. Amazing. Just amazing storytelling. I, I was in the third yeah. grade skipping school to go to watch that shit. I said, mm -hmm. I don't feel good. And when Marlena, you know, Marlena finally got to go after everybody who was against Marlena. You know, Marlena, all she had to do was get that devil in her. And she tore up Kristen and burned down the Horton Town Square. <laughs> I mean, it was just amazing. It was it so won. badass. <sighs> God, Jane. And just the suspense of it, just all these little weird things was happening to her and shit. And you're like, what's going on? What the hell? And then you just finally felt like this bitch is possessed by the damn devil. She floating his head. It was. I I remember I was in high school at the time of that storyline, and I hooked. Like it, I think it hooked from the beginning. I was like, I had to know what happened. I brought all the soap opera magazines to see like all the <laughs> covers they had about Marlene's possession because I needed to know what was going to happen. And Deirdre Hall just went. She tore it ball. Up. She went in that on that storyline. And to this day, it's still talked about. To this day. Yes. Like, you can't. Want, you know, fans keep wanting other characters to get possessed that belong on Marlena's lineage. They're like, possess Sammy, possess Allie, possess Will, possess somebody. Oh, <laughs> it was so funny. The scenes with um, Deirdre Hall and Lauren Coslow and uh, Louis Sorrell, when they're all locked in that room oh. together. And yeah. they're reminiscing about, like, all the shit they've all done in the past. <laughs> <laughs> and Marlena's coming Theodore Hall drunk as shit talking about like how she was Marlena was possessed she was doing all this shit it sounds so convoluted in 2020 but back then it was some good and they were stuff. like possessed by the devil and she went well <laughs> <laughs> and then it just went into a flashback I was like Jesus Christ and I think it was who was it um under Calavardi's reign, that character that went, God, is she possessed again? <laughs> I mean, ugh, it's just, it's a story that put days on the map in a time where soaps were experiencing their biggest erosion of that time period. Mm -hmm. And, you know, James E. Riley saved days of our lives. He saved he that show because it was supposed to go around 93. Um, and he took it and ran with it and saw something in Deidre and Allie Sweeney and oh god what a good time that was to be a soap fan. Right it was it was so good that all the rest of the shows started copying off of it. And exactly. They do a great job. We well, had Rita Shane walking through paintings. We had babies and trees on another world. There's all types of bullshit. 
Exactly. Lord, we just had another world to suffer through, period, in those final years. No, you know what? um, Because, goddammit, the last two years of another world is Shakespeare compared to some of the bullshit we're dealing with right now. I I will gladly. Hey, Justine. Better tell somebody. I will take Lumina over what's going on in Genoa City right now. Which is nothing. I'll take a fart over. And those are separate networks. Tiggs is like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just saying, shit. Uh, well, anyway, D, let's circle back around to you. What comes in at number four on your list? Okay, so when I just did my list while y'all were, you know, talking about days, because, you know, I already knew. I was waiting for one of y'all to choose that storyline. I knew it was going to be one. I went with how many storylines I've watched over and over again, like where I can like go back and look at it. And this one sounds kind of weird, but I don't care. I would have to say when Sarah Joy Brown's Carly and Jason were in love and then that whole custody thing for Michael. No, that's a great story. Yeah. I'm not going to hate on that. For me, that Jarley was everything. Like Carson split up my ship. I was extremely extremely pissed off because we waited so long for jason to admit that he was in love with carly went through all that stuff went through the whole custody thing her being married to the lesser aj i mean just went through all of that stuff and then we finally got him to say it we got that kiss and then she went and got jealous about the artist, as I called her at the time, because whenever Elizabeth, I love Elizabeth Weber until she is either messing with Sam or Carly, and then I got a problem, depending on who started it first. But then when they, when the Carson sex happened, like my whole heart dropped. Because I understand what happened, and I get that it was because Steve Burton left for a little while to go film whatever it was that he was filming, but they split up my shit, but that was prime writing you had Quartermain's front and center you had everyone acting their butt off you had Carly and Bobby interacting and becoming mother and daughter in a way that is just it was so authentic Mm -hmm. and so real you had Jason who hadn't been in love since Robin and just all of that stuff going on. Michael didn't get on my nerves. It was a wonderful time to be a General Hospital fan. Mm-hmm. It was. God, the show was so good. Back Carly so much. I could give her a free pass. When she shot Tony Jones in open court, I was defending her. That's how good you know she is of an actress because I'm all about all about those Joneses and Scorpios. You mess with them, we got a problem, but I was just like, she went toe-to-toe to Brenda with, with Brenda. I mean, she was just mixing it up. During that time, there mm-hmm. was so much, like, it, was, it wasn't, yeah. I mean, it was an umbrella storyline, but it encompassed so many different people on the cast. The writing mm-hmm. was so good. And we, to be honest, we have not had good writing since then. I'm going to be honest. Not and not for Carly any goddamn way. Well, not not on that level. Yeah. There's a reason why Sarah Brown won that motherfucking Emmy three no, years ago. Carly's before. had has had good stories but like rodrigo said not on that level not on that level in that same echoing of history you can't beat early you can't beat 90s carly early 2000s you can't beat that the whole sarah Sarah brown put her teeth in that role she put her stank on that role 
Uh, even though, you know, I admit Tam- Tamara Brown is my favorite Carly, I will admit that, but Sarah Brown's Carly is what started the whole goddamn yeah. thing because she, she was the, the driving She was force. that perfect she archetype. Yeah. She put the blueprint. She, yeah, she put, yeah. She, you know, I'm like, you can't, they're like, oh, this is the best Carly. I say, you know what? She laid the groundwork in every other Carly picked a little. I'll time. tell you this. I, she left I couldn't stand Sarah Brown's Carly, but that was the point of Carly because she <laughs> she did some shit you could not stand her doing, but there was a vulnerability in the way Sarah portrayed the role because she oh, Carly was some she did some bad mm-hmm. shit. Carly, you could I mean, tell she got AJ drunk. Yeah, she AJ. She doused him. In that. <laughs> well, I remember that when she drank him and poured that bottle. Of bottle. Oh, right, her, drive him six. Pregnant and all, pregnant and all. She picked this man up. She sat there and told that man, I don't trash me to whoever you want. You will never get my baby away from me. You felt that on a spiritual level. She came on, yeah. And she lied better back then. She lied better back then. I felt that connected to Carly in my life as I did in that moment. Like, I was like, yes, no matter what. She lied better. Well, no matter what she did, you were there for it. You're like, you know what? She trashed, but somehow... This is okay. I well, was okay. it was the perfect casting because Sarah to me really was like a young Jackie Zeman on that show back in the seventies, causing all that trouble with Scotty and Laura. And sure did. I mean, it was mm-hmm. perfect casting. And when they used yeah. to go in scenes up Mark against Tashner. it was like mm-hmm. soap opera acting one hundred and one. Like this is how you. Act. It was. It was so. Like a the act, the act, it was a masterclass. Casting director, God, yes. Mark Tashner. Thank and you. when Thank Lord, you, Mark, I will never forget when Bobby said to Tony, Well, she sure couldn't do enough for you. I was like, Oh, yeah. Lord. Oh, it was just so good. I started watching GH around the time Sarah Brown came on. I'm, just like, I'm like, Oh, that's the girl from it's BR living. Troopers. We were living. We were living and didn't yeah. even. Yeah. And then like, Tamara Lord. Braun came on and the height of Carly continue and you know that it was a great recast choice and it was. It's like Laura Wright was a great recast. Like, Laura Wright's first like year on that show was great because they still, they still they still they no come on D. They still wrote her as Tamara's Carly. I but know that's what I'm saying. That, I'll give her the yeah. first year. Carly used that. to give Sam the best looks. Carly used to yeah. bring back to Sam and go. Now they home. I could stand her Carly that first year, but then she just kind of turned into she yeah. turned into that's, business. It's the same thing that happened with Victoria on Young and Restless. You know, they saw something in Carly that had to change for some reason, but the change didn't make sense. Like, you know, Heather Tom was a very bitch goddess type of Victoria, but they saw Amelia Hindley as more hearth and home. Same thing happened with Carly on General Hospital. For some reason, they looked at bombshell Laura Wright and saw a matriarch in her 80s. Like, it... It, it wasn't even that. It, never it wasn't that, KP. It's like, her first shoot, they wrote her like Tamara's Carly. Her first, but like, some three. kind of way, they regressed her back to Sarah's Carly, and that doesn't work when she's fifty with a baby and a grandchild. That Wait, don't which Carly? Don't because I don't. Which Carly did you say? No, they they've regressed Laura Wright. The last like ten years of this show, she's been acting like Sarah Brown's Carly, 
and it don't work no more because she's too oh, fucking old. I don't know what show you've been watching. I don't know what show you watching. She like no, no. She is still some brand new. Some brand new Carly. She is not. Oh, she is not my OG Carly. I'm a fight. No, but I'm just saying she's just still petty. She's too old to be acting the way she acting. Yeah, I think, like she, I think my speaker's I mean. broken. Hold That's on. I mean. I'm to With Sarah Brown, Carly, it made sense because she was 25. It don't make sense when you're 50 with a grandson. Because if you write her like a whole heinous bitch, still, that takes 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 basic point. Yeah, yeah, it's basically like when when she was on the red carpet for the nurses ball, it should not be out of character for Carly to be nice to people. What type of bullshit is that? It, it's like it's, she's Carly's a horrible person. She's horrible. She's only nice to her kids and Sonny oh, and Bobby. But yeah. other than that, she's hateful to everybody else. It's like she's gross. Her and Sonny are gross. Now she wasn't always like that. Yeah, she wasn't always like that. But yeah, like it's just they're gross. I just, I can't deal with, I can't. This Carson, like, I actually shipped OG Carson when they first started, like, and for me to even say that, they had that chemistry and they had that fire. And then after that, um, I don't know what happened. As soon well, as- Well, it was a viable- out, Carson was over Triangle, viable pairing. I mean, you know, when Tamara Carly was in the elevator with Sam and- oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My favorite Tamra Brown scene. That is As my I told you favorite. Yet. <laughs> favorite. Tamra Brown rolling her neck like a sister. Yes, that's yes. that. <laughs> like, she was rolling that neck. And the world her. said, "Amen." <laughs> like Sarah, Sarah and Mo, they have sexual chemistry, but sit, like Tamra and Mo has sexual and romantic. Chemistry. Romantic chemistry. Like like Sarah, yeah. Sarah's Carly and Mo. They were just trashy nasty. They were trashy. But you know, you know because it was like, they were romantic. You know, those characters hadn't grown yet. You know, Sonny was putting people on poles and you know, Carly was sleeping with sugar daddies. I mean, so it made sense that they were the trashy type of pairing because that's who those characters were when they first started out. But ooh, what Sonny and Carly have become now. Oof. Um, Rodrigo, let's go back to you. What comes in uh, at number four on your list? Well, number four, I'm just going to keep the GH talk continuing. Number four is Adventures in Puerto Rico, 1994. Oh, okay, let's stop. Talk about <laughs> oh, yes. yes <laughs> let's bitch. talk about it. Let's talk about Adventures in Puerto Rico. That just cemented Sonny and Brenda as, super, as a super couple. Let me tell you, that when they got there from here to eternity moment on the beach, running from the oh, mob the and all that shit. Oh, the way, oh, let me, oh, woo. Okay. The last just time caressing GH her had, face. And... Wasn't that the last time the GH had like a location shoot? Yes, the last, the last okay. real the one that wasn't shoot. in their studio parking lot. <laughs> the last real, real location shoot that they did was Puerto Rico. Go back. Show me the tapes of what locations shoot they did. They went, they went balls to the wall, adventure, shootouts, chases. There was an umbrella storyline going on at the same time because they were all around Miguel's concert. Miguel oh my God. concert in Puerto Rico. 
and Sonny's shady mob dealings and Luke is running from the mob and Frank Smith. Rodrigo. And like, Sonny and Brenda, some, like going on the run together. Hey, and then God. just in the hot tub and Madonna's music is playing in the background. And like, <laughs> yo, oh. it had everything. Claire Labine just wrote that shit out of all of that stuff. Like, it Ooh, was we were living. Amazing. We were living. We were living. I still go back to YouTube and still watch Adventures in Puerto Rico because that Puerto Rico storyline was the best storyline yes. of that year. Yes. Bar none. You couldn't tell me nothing about anything else. Maurice Bernard, Vanessa Marcel just cemented themselves. Sunday Brennan became a super couple during that storyline. They just, it just cemented their place in soap history as a super couple. And they did that damn thing. So I'm and everything like, Claire yeah. wrote afterwards with yeah. him before she left. You know the wire, and oh, oh when Brenda falls on that floor in her pantsuit, she's oh, like, oh, 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 that that scene, the wire scene, is what when Maurice would not finally paid attention and realized that Vanessa Marcel was a force to be reckoned with because she just mm-hmm. went in on those scenes, but. The whole Puerto Rican thing was just amazing from top, from beginning to end. It just kept going. It just like, it was like a whole like arc of just like adventure and like just something was going on and like twists and turns and like, I was mind blown by it. So number adventures in Puerto Rico will always be in my top five. Well, and this is when I get, you know, kind of upset when people just call Claire's GH depressing. Because it was more than that. She gave us adventure. She gave us romance. She gave us sex on beaches. <laughs> I mean, Claire gave so much more. And I'm sorry. You know, I brought this in Tiggs's mention one day when we were going back and forth about Claire's GH. I was like, she understood that first and foremost, it was a show with hospital and its title. And then from that, she branched it out and did all the other action-packed stuff that GH fans came in for in the '80s. Um, and it, it brought and it brought back it brought you back to like this is what Gloria Monty did on a regular on GH back in the day. Like yes. she went on location. Like this brought you back to that time. Like what GH could do good with location shoots and that's what they were i didn't really mean to come for you though because that wasn't coming for you i was just no 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 no, because i I know you liked claire's dh no i I love claire's dh (laughs) that sounded really bitchy (laughs) no it's fine i mean you know i I get it yes i love what i thought claire's dh too but i mean i felt like yeah half of it was action adventure and then goddamn it the other half claire wanted to give everybody some health malady Next week, she was going to give Alan erectile dysfunction. The day yeah. Alan Quartermain has erectile dysfunction, the world coming to an end. Alan is still pitching a tent in his coffin. You know his coffin is like one straight line until it gets there. Then it's like, whoop. I mean, it, goddamn, she was going to give Aunt Ruby the shingles. Shit, I'm like, goddamn. Shingles, I fucking hate you. Damn, Claire, shit. <laughs> <laughs> she just had um, a checklist. Okay, y'all going to Australia next week. Bitch, you getting syphilis. Like what? You get sids. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, well, coming in at number four for me, I'm continuing stories of Claire Labine's General Hospital era. Um, because coming in for me at number four is one of the best 
portrayals of cancer I've ever seen on a soap, and that was Monica's breast cancer. Oh, wow, yeah. I mean, Leslie Charlson was forever robbed of that Emmy. She should have gotten it. When you started out, it was such a normal episode of General Hospital. Monica was like, oh, Alan, you know, it's my checkup. I've got to go to the hospital, whatever. And literally for a week, you see it build. And you see Monica's fears build. And she's getting the mammogram. And she's waiting for the scans. And then from then, it kicked off like a year of plot. And one of the scenes, and you guys know this is one of my favorite scenes. I constantly tweet it out. Um, When Alan didn't feel the same intimacy towards Monica, she felt like. And she just took down her robe. She was like, this is what I am. Like, can you love a woman who has no breast? And the fact that they were saying the terminology on daytime, the fact that they pulled no punches, Leslie Charlson went makeup free. They explored every inch of the cancer storyline. I mean, honestly, they should just stop doing cancer stories on daytime because nothing can match Monica's cancer on General Hospital. Just really, I mean, it's a story that made you think. It's a story that educated you in the best way. Oh, God. I mean, there's not enough good things I can say about it. And honestly, I was about to rank it higher on my list because it is just that good. Um, oh, God. May Claire Labine rest in peace. I would give anything to resurrect that woman to write a soap these days. Oh. <laughs> D, you liked Passions. Can you hire Hecuba or something? <laughs> I'll make that shit happen. Watch. Period. <laughs> um, well, Alan, let's go to you. What comes in at number four on your list? Number four is Will Kills Rose and Asshole Returns. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Okay. I was sick of her. I was sick of tired that's of her. a good one, Alan. Will got sick of her ass. Like, uh-uh. we, no, Will spoke with the audience. I like Willie, bitch. You got to go. Rose, you got to go, go. That go, was girl. one focus group we were all okay with. <laughs> no Even lie. Martha Byrne, Martha Byrne killed it. She killed it at Lily Rose, but Rose, Rose had to come to an end at some point. I was like, ugh. Okay, girl. Yeah, because it got to a point. She was overshadowing Lily. I was but, like, yeah. Oh. You can't do that. Okay, but let's hear from Alan because Alan just said it and all of a sudden we're speaking on why it's Alan's number. But Alan, go ahead. Why is it you're at number four? It was so twisted because he, Will killed her basically for his mother's hypersexual desire for Paul. So Oedipal, Barbara wanted to fuck her own son. That was the subject of the show for years and he killed her with mouthwash. That was so brilliant. And I loved it. And we freaking gave Rose her own episode narrating her own death after freaking dying. And frankly, Martha Byrne was better as Rose and Lily. Noel Beck was better at her Lily than freaking Martha Byrne. I was sort of controversial, but. <laughs> oh, damn. Shit. I like Noel Beck better. She, Noel Beck had a real aristocratic, rich bitch, lady to lunch vibe that Martha Byrne never really had. Martha Byrne oh, was a little more. A little more lower trash. She's, 
Oh, Lord Jesus. Jesus. He's not going to be a rich bitch. To the left. They kind of toned Lily down over the years. And once Martha Burns started having children, they just made her so damn matronly and shit. Uh, Next. (laughs) Number. What's your number four, Tiggs? Tiggs. See, this is the. Alec, you tweeted it out. We should have been prepared, but I didn't think you were going to go after Bob the Bird like that. Okay, goddamn. Uh, Alan, that's what I will say about Alan. Alan don't give a fuck. He snatched her ball, though. Okay, he like, I'm on Natalie Buchanan and fuck your legends, bitch. Yeah, right I don't when like... Luke pushed Lily down the stairs, it might have been Alan at the top of the stairs. It was Alan. Hi. It was yeah, Alan. Alan, Alan, Alan foot swooped her ass like it was Mortal Kombat, like, bitch, bye. Trying to send me to the gay camp. Martha, I, I love you, Martha. I love you, Martha. I want you to be Hope Williams' brain. But I will say, okay, I will agree with that. Noelle Beck was a very good recast Lily. You know, I, I oh, did yeah. like her as Lily. Love I didn't like, though, that it, it was petty and she was there at the it. very, very end of the show. But still, mm-hmm. I love Noelle Beck. Like, that's class. She was willing. Oh, yeah, Noelle Beck and me, Central Park West fans, where you at? Where Who are you at? I'm the one. The park was. I even yeah. watched it. Damn, Raquel Welch. Raquel oh, Welch was on that I, damn show. I watched it. I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't Gerald know. McRaney and oh. I don't know nothing about birthing no babies. I don't know. Can oh, Central Park West was. Oh, that was a hot mess. I loved it though. <laughs> well, anyway, Tiggs, Mister Tiggs Winters, what's your number four? My number four is from days, of course. Of course. Hope, Gina is hope. Oh, that's, that that's probably my favorite back from the dead storyline ever. Like, yes. Them going down the Maison Blanche, the way they did everybody's hair, the dresses and everything. And you, of course, you knew she was Hope, but everybody in Salem, is she Hope? Is she Gina? Is she Hope? Is she Gina? They took the DNA test, it was inconclusive. But when they were sitting in the Brady pub and oh. Alice had that motherfucking puzzle box and she got to reading that little note that Hope left. Graham's new. Hope started reading it, and she couldn't. She just couldn't even see the note, but she started reading it from the top of her head. And the look on Lisa Winter's face—you saw Billy's face—and right then, you knew she was fucked. Oh, no, Lisa, Lisa. Bo and Billy's wedding again. Bo and Billy's she, wedding. Oh, life just went to. She oh, knew her. Con- she knew her contract really knew was, was, was When it. Alice <laughs> leaned over to Maggie, and Maggie was like, "What is it, Alice?" And Alice goes. I think that's hope. <laughs> I mean, I just, oh, Lord. Uh, the original Gina story was just amazing. And again, they tried it many, many times. They tried to duplicate Riley, and they just couldn't do it. I mean, it's just, uh, Christian's it, it was, acting was, was always there, but the writing was just never there for that character to come back as many it, it was. It was so good, so good. And like she had that chemistry with Robert Kelker Kelly, even though allegedly, you know, she couldn't. Oh, say Robert Kelker Kelly. Oh, Jesus. But I mean, if Billy didn't uh, know she was fucked when, when Hope started reading that note from that puzzle box, she knew she was fucked when, when Peter Ripper <laughs> came back. Oh, yeah. So, like, when, when Peter, Peter came, back, came back, it was a fucking When Peter came back, Lisa should have known that was a rap. That was a rap when Peter came back. They're like, mm, they're not checking for Peter and Lisa. They're checking back for Peter and Christian again. <laughs> That's I when they got rid yes, of Robert. Like, 
So Robert Kelly, Kelly released Run and had um, Bo and Billy were they did. Bo, Bo and Billy were the shit. Bo and Carly were the shit. Oh but yeah, God and when Billy was doing all the illegal gambling stuff with Austin, and Billy was like, "Oh, I can't tell you the truth, Bo." And oh. <laughs> Oh, Billy was so badass back then. Oh, I love she was. Movies. She was so she was so good. badass. And and I just hate that they never really realized her true potential as a character. It's Me like too. she just yeah. she was always just a bone hope interloper. And it's like Billy I would have loved, so but you know, at least we got loved, Taylor on Melrose Place. I would have loved this scene. Okay, Billy, Billy scheming against Hope, trying to get rid of her ass. Like that would have been some good shit, but. I was always was, upset that I mean, she, never I mean, got she a reaction was, to Bo's death. It, 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 was, it was just, it, it was Krista Allen's non-acting ass. Oh. Billy really was scheming. When she like went, oh, Lord, when her ass lied no. and said she we lost George in that damn swamp. Krista. <laughs> and and, and swamp, Andre baby. the mayor really snatched Chelsea up and gave her to some Republicans. Oh. <laughs> Stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> sir. No, sir. No, sir. Abby had this little hateful ass friend named Chelsea, this little bitch. And now she, I, I still don't understand how the hell did she survive? Billy was 17 minutes pregnant when she lost that baby in that damn swamp. But some kind of way Andre the mayor took that embryo and implanted it in, in goddamn Susie Trump. And goddamn it, all of a sudden, here comes Chelsea. What the Hello. fuck? The last name told you everything you needed to know, Demera. <laughs> okay? Period. End of story. <laughs> okay, you have a you have a thought about a baby at the mirror, like, oh, I got you. Speed dial. What? Speed dial. Look, Ralph serum. It's everywhere. You can get Ralph serum at Walgreens. It's right next to the morning after pill. Child, you can get it at the gas station when you go get a blunt. Shit. How you know wow. about that? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> oh. Claire Labine's GH taught me everything I need to know. <laughs> Casey, let me find out you 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 got drugged like Sammy drugged Austin. So anyway, coming in at number three. <laughs> no, no, that's bad. Um, coming in at number three for me is I'm taking it back. I'm taking it way, 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 way back in the gap to Miss Ashley Abbott having that abortion. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, you took it way back. Because oh. that set off so, so much. Oh, Lord. When Victor was pissed off and, you know, you had the Victor, Nikki, Ashley triangle just heat up from that point and, you know, Nikki telling all those stories to Victoria about a witch and oh God, I mean, and Ashley's abortion was just like the height of that shit. And oh God, and then Ashley went crazy and, you know, she got like the bipolar or something and she lost her memory and they found her in that town kidnapped. And I mean, come on, Bill Bell spent years building that story and for it to climax like that with Ashley's abortion was just absolutely amazing and Eileen Davidson did amazing acting and uh, I mean that's come on 
That's why Ashley stole that sperm from Victor. Yes. She, she wanted that replacement baby that she had got Period. back in the day. And now and we've been paying yeah. for it ever since with Abby. <laughs> <laughs> for hey, real. Boy. That's but why I mean, she stole that sperm. It really makes you think, yeah. you know, what's happened to this show where it's lost its direction so much. And oh. I won't make this a bitch and wind our podcast. We did that last week. If you didn't tune in, the chat slash anchor.com. Uh, all the episodes are there. But, you know, it just, it really upsets me to know that, you know, the show no longer does what it do- did best. And that you take one subject and from there you start out with your main story, but then you spend so many other stories from it. Because from Ashley's abortion came the truth about her paternity um and you know victor and ashley still finding a way to love each other all those decades later and then you know the history was recalled with abby and i mean that story 37 years later is still sending ripple effects in ashley's life from what she did by they could have did so much i mean they could be doing so much with sharon's cancer right now sharon's cancer could be offsetting so much shit so much shit. Yes. But, you know, they just, they don't do it like Mr. Bill Bell did it. And, you know, Kay Alden tried to do it, but they took the show away from her, and Sally them them tried to bring it back. The Chuck Pratt it. did it. Shit. Just, and that's sad to say. Shit. But, you know, Ashley's abortion, just because you know, I love an umbrella story, and that's what it was, because it caused so much. And, you know, it also caused Victor and Jack to really never view each other the same way again, because Jack felt as though Victor pushed Ashley to that point. And, uh, mm-hmm. damn. Damn, where is the young and the restless these days? Well, it's on CBS, but it ain't. Child, you're at the mall. Yeah, Lord, I'm telling you. At the flea market. The Higley really right in that show. Is Josh Griffith going to pull off a mask? Why, why not at the damn Piggly Wiggly? Shit. Yeah, I'm telling you. Um, well, Rodrigo, let's go to you. What is the number three spot on your list? Uh, my number three spot is Maya is transgender on the Bold and the Beautiful. Tell it. Tell um, it. The last time Brad Bell picked up a mic and dropped it on a storyline for me is when he had revealed. So Nicole comes to town and she's going and telling Maya she knows what she did, this, that, and the third. You're like, what's she talking about? What are we, what are we, what's going on? And when Nicole tells Maya, when you, when you, when your name was Myron, I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, okay, Brad, like, oh, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Like this was the first time I was just, I was just so amazed mm-hmm. how well Brad Bell did that storyline. It, 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 the way he dropped that mic and just revealed that Maya was transgender. And then you have to be like, wait a minute, but Maya came on the show, hadn't had a baby and all that, but Brad explained that away of what happened with that. And 
we just went full balls to the wall. We brought the the Avon family came in, Oba Babatunde, Anna Maria Horsford came in, and we had a ball game with the Avon family. And God, from we then so on, it, from oh. Rick, Rick and Maya's love story to yes. uh, the wedding where Maya just went off on her father for not accepting her for who she was and the acting alone. I, I still cry at Rick and Maya's wedding when Carla Mosley goes in with Obamata Batunde and Anna Maria Horsworth comes in and they are just giving a clinic in front of these white people on the set of the Bold and Beautiful. I'm just seeing the actors. You can see Heather Tom, Catherine Kelly Lang. Everybody is amazed of what they are watching in front of them, of the acting caliber of these acts. To this day, Michelle Valjean, thank you. Patrick Mulcahy, thank you for this. Because it was your dialogue like that it just cemented this storyline mm -hmm. and it's sad that we don't have the avons like we have any, like any more on this it show was it was just so true it's a damn shame it was so like, when maya said the dialogue was perfection the way julius was acting towards that girl and what i loved about the storyline is the father like one of my favorite it's Oba Baba Tunde in the storyline because the way they had Julius acting uh, is, it was so real. You don't have so to real. have Julius, you don't have that dad. He does not have to accept his transgender daughter like so quickly. Yeah, they, he said Julius look, was fighting, fighting this. And you can the funny part is you can you can empathize as funny as that sound with Julius' side, because in the way Julius had lost a son, it was a death of a son he had never gotten over. And transport, you know, you trans, you just juxtapose that with Maya coming into her own and Rick accepting her for who she was. And I'm glad they didn't go in that, that route of Rick just hating her and, and all that stuff. It just, I loved it. I it loved it. He accepted so, her right all the time. It was so realistic. It was right through the life. It I've never it. seen a story like Bowling Beautiful handled that storyline with such care, such like that's why it's so sad to me to see what the show <laughs> what the show is now. Cause it's such it was so capable of doing such compelling drama. It, 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 I've never seen a storyline like this before. Daytime has never tried to tackle it. Before. I mean, they tried it, but it's never going to be the same the way they did it at Bold. I, I miss the Avon family. I wish they were back full-time again. It, it's just they could have had their own spinoff show. That's how good they were. They were so good. Um, oh, no, okay. <laughs> Why are you acting like this is Moesha in the park? Well, they could have. They could have. Yeah, no, they could have. You could have spun the Avons up. You could have done like a, a web series of the Avons. Like that, that's how I good they were. I always wanted a Vivian Eric Quinn triangle for Vivian just to quick Quinn's ass out of that house. No, be, no. Nope, this Eric, house is You know mine. Eric liked him young. Yeah, he liked him. He wasn't going for no Vivian. Stop that. Oh, no, no. <laughs> now, wait a minute now. Now, wait a minute. Vivian, Vivian got that wop. Wait a minute. Period. Don't do Vivian like Period. that. Period. And then you know, I'm just talking about Sasha's Eric, mom to Eric. Come on and oh, 
the whole Sasha thing. Oh, that. Oh, they could have done some good. They should have brought the mother in there. That would have been some good shit. The Sasha Zendaya oh. whole mess. Brad really told a very reminiscent story of his father's Windar with the Winters. I mean, he really invested the time in it and then just took it away and the ratings went with him. I mean, the disappearance of all of those integral characters really brought the show's ratings down for quite a bit. And It did. Because that was the only time I think in the last decade I've been truly shocked. Those when nineteen Cole, minutes felt like five minutes. When, when Nicole called that girl Myron, I fucking get it. because when I first when she first got there, I'm like, Lord, let me tell, let me see. Maya got molested at thirteen and had this child. That's what I thought it was. But when right. she called her ass Myron, I said, "Bitch, we have I'm a ball." Walk to California. I'm going to walk to television city like Bradley Bell. Let me tell your ass. I mean, all we had before was Ron Moss just questioning, you know, but then we actually got a character, part of the LGBT community on a soap that mattered. And they brought on um, Scott Turner and. uh, It was just so good. So good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm. And then, and then, and then, like, and Nicole being Lizzie's biological mother, that was also something that could have been played years later. Like, I just, I, the only thing I didn't like about that, though, was Nicole getting baby rabies. That, that's the only thing I, I didn't like. Yeah, that sucked. Nicole turning into Nicole from days. Like, <laughs> that's the only thing I didn't like. You know, I didn't need her to, you know, say at 20 years old, if I could just feel like a mother. Oh. Yeah, I, I didn't need all that. Well, Brad's old fashioned like that. He wants everyone to be what marriage and babies at a really young age. It's, it's right, right. Yes, but for, for Brad to be such a vocal, devout Democrat, that motherfucker know he is conservative as shit when it comes to storylines. Well, he knows what that. show his network is on. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Brad knows. It's now, just not even that. Like, was on Hulu. Oh shit. <laughs> Brad, like he caters too much to his. He caters too much to his overseas audience. A lot he of does. this goofy, yeah. ookie, bookie shit is for his overseas audience. And it's like, yes, you are the most watched soap in the world, but let it be known. We the yeah. bitches that keep the lights on. Over 27 million people tune in an episode around the world. and More people watch overseas than do here, so. Yeah. I know. When you have 2 million people watching here versus everybody in they mama over there. Italy, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, because, you know, well, I, I ain't gonna say that, but you know, people overseas they, they just love seeing pretty rich people. But we want a little bit more substance with our stories. Uh, <laughs> a little bit more just watch your mouth because I used to be ride or die for home in a way. <laughs> I was like, oh Lord. Casey, you home. you in that in that bland ass Hallmark soap opera. East Enders and oh Lord and Coronation Street don't even get me started. Oh, I thought you were talking about that little Christian um soap opera you were talking about. Oh, Another Life? No, I did love Another Life because just because it was on the Christian Broadcasting Channel didn't mean shit because Another Life, (laughs) Murder Mystery, they had the mob. Oh, Lord, they, I will never forget the first episode when them people were making out in the car and it crashed over. Oh, Lord. Don't you hate on Another Life. I'll come for you. (laughs) 
And another life like that was so life. groundbreaking about it, though, and I'm on cut for them here. What was so groundbreaking about them, though, is they had a major black family on the show in 1981. That was like huge for that show. That's what put it on the map. But don't be hating on the most successful syndicated soap in the history of syndicated soaps. Because while the Catlins lasted 13 episodes, another life lasted four years. So don't be hating. <sighs> anyway, Tiggs, <laughs> what's next on your list? Uh, my number three is the One Life to Live, All My Children, Baby Switch. The last oh. good goddamn story oh, okay. made with Tavish's bitch ass ever wrote. <laughs> So her pancakes, oh, this quick. Like, just the way they tied it together, like you know, Babe having the past with Paul Kramer, that little bitch ass brother, uh, Kelly's, and everything with the baby switch, and everybody finding out one by one, and then yes. we all knew how much David adored Bianca, but you know. They were just like, oh, well, babe, it's your daughter because you fucked Crystal one day back in the 80s, so you can't tell the <laughs> truth. One day. You know, just it, just all with leading everything down to Florida and Bianca dragging her motherfucking ass and falling into that coma because of JR's drunk ass. And, you know, Tad up there telling Erica, well, we need to take a DNA test. And Erica was like, I don't need DNA. I got K-A-N-E. And this is Bianca's daughter. Yeah. I'm like, God damn it, yes. Uh, <laughs> just to the point where, you know, like she was oh, like, Tig, she took your glasses off. Here we go. <laughs> she was just like, open your eyes, Bianca, open your eyes. Look at your baby. Look at your baby. This is your baby. And she flooded them motherfucking eyes open. I said, and that's the storyline. <laughs> and it was from that from that point, it was fuck babe and crystal fell. I mean, I love Alexa Hasman, but she got settled with a shitty character. Like Babe was flow before flow was flow. Shit. No, don't. Baby Phillips don't, 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 don't nobody like. Don't do it. Because <laughs> then it's going to be another hour. D just going after poor Katrina. Felony flow. Get her, D. Fuck felony flow. Shit. Get her. Um, well, Wyatt did if you've been watching the show. Oh, um, anyway. He got the mannequin. <laughs> Look, sometimes it's either you pick a choice, Darren, your right hand or a mannequin. You pick a choice. Ugh. That, that was just that was just such it was such a great story. And the payoff was amazing. Like Eaton earned that motherfucking Emmy, goddamn it. Oh. So great. <sighs> well, anyway, Alan. The floor is yours, my dear. My number three is Digging Breeds Brook. Bold and beautiful. Ah! Oh. Alan! Oh, oh, my God. Oh, God, you came nope. at us. Yes, bitch. Push Lord. through. He said Digging Breeds Brook. <laughs> Lord. Call my Brady. hair and call me Bridget. Ugh. My goodness. Whew. It was one of the best stories of 2002 and 2001-ish, 2002, 1-ish, whatever. But yeah, that whole story so good from when Stephanie found out and pretty much made Brooke look in the mirror and call her a fucking whore and Bridget found out from fucking the baby monitor and confronting her mother at Big Bear and basically reading her for filth. 
Uh, it was so good. Uh, it was Brad Bell at his best. Oh, right, Jennifer, Jennifer Finnegan. Finnegan with oh, her Jennifer three Finnegan, Jennifer Finnegan, Jennifer Finnegan, Jennifer Finnegan. Okay. Oh, Goddamn it. When Sarah Brown was done, Jennifer oh. Finnegan said, Sis, I got you. I got the next three Emmys. Yeah. Goddamn it. <laughs> Shit. Oh. No better, no better Bridget since. Sorry, um, Ashley. Oh, no. Yeah. Sarah. That's why I said if they ever wanted to bring Ashley, uh, Bridget back full time, uh-uh. It got to be Jennifer Finnegan. It got to be. Or rehashed. Because Ashley Jones, she's, I'm sure she's a nice lady, but she's not Bridget. No, no, Period. she's not Bridget oh, at all. She's never been Bridget to me. Never. So, oh, girl, I'm YNR to me, so let me shut up. <laughs> okay, Megan. Okay. She's, yeah, she's Megan to me on Younger Trisha Trisha should have ran her sister over. Always for being great. Trisha, you shouldn't do that. Trisha should have ran her ass over. She should have pulled the fill and said, doo, doo, made our road okay. She should have shot her ass. I agree, Alan. Deacon, uh, Breed and Brooke, I mean, as you said, that, that's when Brad Bell used to be scandalous and he used to write some bad shit off the wall, like scandalous uh, shit. I still day. dragging Brooke for that to this day. And he wasn't Brad so, used to be a little Brad perverted. Wasn't so conservative with his writing back in the day. Brad used to be a little pervert. Yeah. Part of the Brad was really perverted was when fucking Oliver fucked Brooke in that house with a mask on him. Like it confused a six-year-old body over a 20-year-old body. Well, shit, I'm serious. And, and, then, and, then, and then Red found out that he just, old Logan. Like, really? That's oh, yeah. Logan. <laughs> well, these things happen. Okay, he was just like, oh, that's Logan. Hell. I was like, to her, oh. how does she always manage to fall on somebody's dick? Let me, I'm not supposed to curse today. She Ooh. always managed to fall on somebody else's, on penis. How the fuck you didn't know that I was in Red? You've been known Rich for 30 years. You didn't know that was his dick. What the fuck? That was so dumb. Right. You, 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 you didn't realize it was, a, it was extra hard and extra viral. <laughs> she would just like, Rich, you're not too Viagra's today, baby. Yeah, oh, you God. didn't know. You know, Oliver didn't know. He knows Cialis. I mean, he was fine. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. I mean, Oliver could get his whole leg up. She should have known what time it was. Oliver Ooh. wasn't wearing no pink scarf. She should have known. I <laughs> Brooke and Ridge were about to show up in the same outfit that night. Shit. <sighs> well, anyway, mm. Alan, that was a really, really good choice. I mean, oh. And then Whip coming in and pretending to be the father and taking the blame for all of that. And Stephanie almost finding out the truth before that big press conference when Whip took, you know, Brooke aside and was like, hey, I'll, I'll be the dad. Oh. Damn, 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 damn. The bold and the beautiful. And, and that's what pisses us off about Brad. It's like, motherfucker, we know you can write a good story. Can you not do it once every six to eight months, motherfucker, and do it all the time? Shit. That motherfucker only writes Especially on a 30-minute show. That's what kills me. I'm like, exactly. your show is only 19 minutes an episode. They waste so much time of characters talking about other characters' storylines. Will you stop doing that shit? Well, that's, that's fine on a Wednesday. You know, that's fine midweek if you got one of those shows a week. That's fine. But have other shit going on. The only time I didn't mind it was when Sally Spectre was talking about it. Oh, oh, Bucky, okay. I wonder what's going on down at the house of LaForza. God, I miss I, I could have listened to that shit all day. But these yes. motherfuckers, no. 
D, did you do your number three yet? Alan had me no, so over here. Oh, well, go for it, sis. You, I, it's going to be hard to top Alan's, but go ahead. Uh, my number three is why I still ride for this chick to this day. Crazy Annie Dutton on the witness stand, baby. Okay. Shit, Alan, yeah. you can leave now because D dropped the mic and beat the shit out of you with it. Okay. Ooh. When I ah. told you, I arranged ah. my schedule around the guiding light because I never yes. knew what crazy Annie Dutton was going to do. Reva Shane is my bottom bitch. And the fact that I was cheering on Annie Dutton let you know Cynthia Watros put her foot in that character. Yes, when she at that party, ah. and she thought, what are you doing, Reva? And then had it looking like Reva pushed her down. down them steps. That's when I was like, I'm an Annie Dunn fan for life, baby. And then she was there and she was scheming with Alan and Alan was my dude. I was just like, Alan, why are you not with Annie? Y'all would just like mess it up. But she wanted that Josh. And then when she was on that witness stand and then she got busted up in that lie, I was sitting there like, and then oh, she fell perfect. to the floor screaming. Yeah. Like, you had no more babies. Gonna happen. And then the look on her know. face, you could tell that literally her heart dropped into her chest when that doctor got up on that stand and said that she had that. Oof, gosh. That and then, like, oh God, when she was at Cross Creek and she took the axe to Josh oh. Reba's initials, <laughs> and she slammed her head. That's her Emmy winning reel. That, I was like, yep. truly one of Guiding Light's last great stories. That, that, Cynthia Watros for life. Oh, and when she that tried to like kill Reva, and Reva was clawing away on the ground with Annie on top of her, God. <laughs> Crazy Annie Dutton, and then they tried to bring Sidney Coleman No, back. we don't talk about that. No, we don't. That, that never happened. That that never we happened. were here for the good. Like, <laughs> what's the whole thing I'm in you know, Annie Dutton, I still, to this day, she is crazy Annie Dutton to me. Like, she, And then when Alan, it. like, was going after her and Alexandra was like, stop that foolishness, Alan. Like, stop it. <laughs> I'm just, she this was crazy. That storyline was everything. It was so good. I don't even know what else was going on on the show at that time. I was just there for that. Right. that, was the, but, but, that, that was but that's that, how you, that's that how you do it, age. though. That's how you do it. When you, when you, yes. when you have a kind of a milk toast character and you don't know what to do with them, and then they're interloper to a super couple, you make them batshit crazy. Like they did with Annie on All My Children. It's like, oh, I, I don't give Annie two fucks my... about Annie. But when Melissa Claire even went back to being a brunette, and she started stabbing bitches. Uh, I said, right. Now we got a ball game. This I love all the crazy Annie. That show took it for me. Like that, like to this day, I'm still like, woo. That's when why I, I can't wait. Mm -mm. I cannot I wait until Nina finds out. I keep waiting I, for I keep waiting for crazy Annie to show up with Cynthia Watros. Oh, it's coming. I'm, it's I'm coming. Waiting. I'm waiting. It's oh, coming. Yeah. Yeah, when, when, Nina, when Nina finds out. When she, when she finds out what happened to Nail, she gonna come gunning for Carl. Yes. And it's gonna be the I, shit. I, I need the Annie Dutton voice to come out of her mouth. I need crazy Annie to come just show up. Just please show up. Just show up. But yeah. She's like one of my number one. I don't call her a villain. I just call her a bad bitch. But she's up there. She's like in the top three. You could have had a bad bitch. Oh, I'm serious. 
Well, coming in at number two for me is a storyline from Guiding Light's sister show, As the World Turns, and that is the introduction of Carly Tenney. God damn it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) When she came to town in search of her, then who she thought was her cousin, Rosanna, and then learning her history and then sleeping with Mike and then getting pregnant and Rosanna offering to buy that baby. Oh my God. I mean, oh, that was just pure gold. And then you know, it was a very difficult time for the show, storyline-wise and creativity-wise. But Mara West just came on, and she lit the show up again. And the big party episode where the truth came out about Carly and all of her schemes she's pulled and the baby. And oh, and when she goes to Rosanna, and Rosanna just says, you don't get any money now. No, that's not how I'm doing this. And oh, I mean, Carly was just a bitch on wheels and then you know jack and her falling in love and it all stemmed from that one introduction story of her and rosanna just hating each other and oh amazing and you know i loved katie mclean's rosanna i mean truly under hogan there was nothing better but respect must be paid to yvonne perry yvonne perry she started that oh my Uh, god yeah she tore it up over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And you all know how I feel about Mar West. I love that woman more than life itself. Not more than me, Case. You don't love her more than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, you know, more the West. Like, that was my introduction when I saw this blonde bombshell come in. Uh, and she harkened back, the short to, the, pixie haircut she harkened back oh, to the 40s, the 30s, Gene Harlow, like those type. I said, who is this actress? Is Those person here. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Just owning daytime right off the bat. Oh, she's going, has not of all damn oh. I'm like, girl, get you some taste. Ah. When, she got, when she came back to the show, she was G-Man. When she got her G-Man. And then well, and that, you're right, Rodrigo, because she was off the show for like, you know, yeah, they kind of rested Mara, the character for that. Yeah. had left because she had her first baby. I remember yes. this. And, um, so she left for a time when they brought Mar back with the short Mia Farrow um, hairdo <laughs> and like at the farm and like yes. Carly was brand new. She found her she ready to take over. She okay. was overcome. She met Jack. She met the love of her life, Jack Snyder, Virginia. and everything. To this day, to this day, can't nobody yell Jack like Mara was. Goddamn. Oh Lord, remember Mara's first Emmy reel scene, um, the one she won. And uh, she was like, She's like "Don't I deserve that?" Take me and you leave yeah. me. Oh lord! Yeah. She would get her pitch and her voice every time she would say Jack's name. Reminded me of Kim Zimmer's pitch and her voice when she would say Joshua. Joshua, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then yeah. you had Bob Russ going Jack. <laughs> oh. Right there, there are just certain things like can't nobody say Joshua like Kim Zimmer. I will never forget when Nicole mm-hmm. Ford was Kathy. Why do you always call him Joshua? Why do you always say that? She was like, because that's his name, bitch. That's his name. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, Carly, what what a character. And, you know, even in As the World Turns Roughest Times, you know, Mara West just kept the show going, much like she's doing at General Hospital, you know. You bring Mara West on, 
your show will survive <laughs> because you know yeah. she just gets it and Mara it, every time you hear her in an interview I love listening to Mara West's interviews because the passion she has for what she does is really unheard of sometimes and that's amazing and oh Mara to the West damn mm. damn 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 carries shows with stilettos and a martini. Hello. <laughs> oh, and when she told Craig, oh God, when Craig was trying to get up in Carly's draws and she goes, be careful, all you'll get is crushed nuts. Oh God. <laughs> this. I loved it. Uh, Rodrigo, let's go back to you. What comes in at number two for you? My number two is the return of Jesse Hubbard and Angie and Jesse's reunion. Oh. Um, children, <laughs> let me tell you something. Look, as convoluted, <laughs> we saw Jesse die on the screen. He died. He died. But it did not matter when they brought back uh, Darnell Williams as Jesse and Debbie Morgan was back on the show. And you were just like, oh, my God. You could fit the first black super couple in daytime. They were the first black super couple in daytime, period. Um, when Angie saw Jesse and she ran in them, them train tracks and Alicia Keys' song is playing in the background and Angie's just like, Jesse, Jesse, and then goes and runs to Jesse. Oh, you felt the love. You felt all the emotions and all that. And the way Daddy Morgan and Darnell Williams played that yes. was just perfection. Um, the way that the show just like, they went balls, they just went all in on Angie and Jesse's return. And it was just heaven. It was beautiful. I didn't care what was explained, how Jesse didn't die. I was just happy to see him back on my screen because Darnell had been back as. Jacob, the cut uh, Jesse's cousin Jacob, unloving, and yes. it was not the same with Debbie Morgan's Angie because I was like, mm, it's, this is, doesn't work for me. It's just, this is not Jesse. Uh, but when they brought the real deal back, you just felt the love back again. And then just to have their big wedding together, and then Greg Nelson comes back for their wedding, and they're talking about Je oh. It was just, it's, it's just amazing the way they did it. And then the, the way that they just paid so much attention to those actors and the respect they gave and the history of all of it. It was and just And Jesse went and buried a baby in the park and as Jimmy Oh, no, like we ain't, no, no, we're not, no, no. no. <laughs> Fuck you, Chuck Pratt, for that bullshit. Fuck you and your ass for that because that was some dumb shit. But, like, I'm just saying, like, just the – the initial return of Jesse and Angie re and Jesse's reunion is my number two. I was like, this, this was perfection to me. That's what brought me back. Cause after they killed off Dixie, I said, fuck all my children. I thought watching mm -hmm. for a whole year, but that's what brought me back. Angie and Jesse. And then one day ticks decided to make some pancakes and tune in. <sighs> you can kiss my ass, Casey. <laughs> I'm sure you would like <laughs> I was waiting um, for that. I was like, here it comes. <laughs> But let's go to the man who is all about ass. Alan, what story comes <laughs> up on your list next? <laughs> you have to know in your heart what I'm about to say. 
You know in your heart what I'm about to say. You're going to hate what I'm about to say. You're about to say Natalie Buchanan, and I reject that. I reject it. I rebuke it. The power of Christ rebukes it. Lord D, you may not have to. I do have the power to cut his mic. So if that needs to happen, I... <laughs> I'm moderating power. We are not going to do that. You are turning into the Megan McCain of this podcast over this bitch. You know what? Let no. him have his moment. Let him have his moment. Lord, what is that? Number two, outlaw like to live. All right. <laughs> they were so good. Like, she thought he was her uncle. She still wanted to fuck him. Like, her sexual attention was great. And the death, I mean, the, they're going to be together like to Nash's death. Like, falling from that skylight while David Gray's a slow motion plays, epic. Yeah, she ended up in the fucking basement and Tessica putting her in the fucking basement. It was Ellen, so great. you better hurry. Your 15 seconds is almost <laughs> up. <laughs> now you can't as a goddess and you don't want haters. Oh, Jesus Christ. <sighs> I was about she to sure was a goddess. She was so flying. She was so flying in the air like a goddess when Marty Saber threw her ass off that building. She sure is a goddess. <laughs> The best Frank. episode ever. Marty threw her ass off that damn roof. That was the best episode. I hated Marty Saybrook. I Marty Saybrook. I hated Marty Saybrook, but I loved her that day. Oh no, I loved Marty. Oh Lord, <laughs> with Marty. Oh God. And then Marty. she got when she threw Nelly's ass off that building. She 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 acted like she scored a touchdown. Marty and Nelly. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, God. And it's good. Goal. Exactly. <laughs> Well, D, what comes in next for you? Please, Lord, at this point, anything. You could say John and Hope haven't said anything at this oh, point good better than the Natalie story. Oh, go. Go on. Stay dragging Alan's poor taste. Alan, I love you, baby. I love you. I have you, the highest respect for redheads, but I I'm going to ride with you, Alan, because we've known each other for a long time, so I'm going to give you a free pass. Um, my number two, um, my number two, Hillary and Devon when they fell in love. Oh, Nadia's theme is playing in my head right now. Dude. No, no, uh, you need to get it right. Um, my heart, you, you need to do that. You need to do the actual Hogan theme song if you're gonna be playing something. Oh, like yeah, that. the do, do, do. No. Oh. Um, I have my personal reasons for why I love this couple and not just because I love black people, even though that is <laughs> amazing and wonderful in itself. Um, I'm going to go out and I'm going to say it and I don't care what anybody says and all those 11 fans can take themselves to 7-Eleven. Yvonne and Hillary had the best chemistry. He was... Brighton, oh Michelle and Brighton, that is his best parent. I don't care. That's a hill I'm willing to die on. I'm oh, willing to die. Not like him with Roxanne. Like every single <laughs> thing. I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that because that's trash. Every what? single three episodes thing. a year and won every single NAACP award there is. <laughs> every single scene that they had was fired from the very beginning. I knew that was my couple i mean she came out messing with kane which i was already i was already <laughs> okay with that you know i was Daniel okay goddard with that. had it in his contract that came i was okay with that from the beginning months. but honestly hillary and devon they had it they were like 
they were such a good pairing. They offset each other so well because he's so calm and she's so wild and she mm-hmm. wants to be free. He was just rel- and like she could just bring out this fire in Devon that he has not had since. And he would get so mad and then she would just say something and then he'd just be like, Hillary! And you know, you just be like, oh. And so it's just like my favorite scene ever was when he gave her the eternity band. I mean, it was just beautiful. It's just magic and you just you just loved Hillary and Devon and you knew that it was messed up. I mean, even through that ratchet God wedding when she young. married Neil, I mean, Hillary and Devon are everything. They're, they had fire, they had passion. I mean, successful black people. I was all about that life. I'm like, I was like, what? There's black people in Wisconsin? Let's go. <laughs> their, their first love scene was fire. The first time that she admitted that she loved him in that dirty roadside place where they went to go meet at when they were burning up the sheets at the GCAC. That Friday cliffhanger where Neil got his sight back. And oh my God. I mean, it's just, that was a magical time. Like when they asked me to come up with my favorite Devon and Hillary scenes, like I had the hardest time because there were so many. And then, you know, we had to suffer through Dariah and then they found their way back to each other. And then they did my couple so dirty and had Hillary pregnant. And then Lily with her distracted driving ass and killed off my baby that I was longing for, for like four long years. But I mean, like no matter what, they always had that fire. I'm sorry they're it for me just watching them fall in love with each other like real real love and then finding out that oh boy like fruitcake I was like ugh, and just them dancing under the stars and then when Hillary died and how Mal Young you can burn for this but when Mal looped it back at the end (laughs) they started out up under the stars talking about the constellations I was just done and now I'm gonna be sitting here in my feelings listening to their theme song. I'm gonna be listening to it. I'm gonna be rocking it at work because yes, yes, I actually bought their song. I didn't bootleg it. I actually bought it. That's how much I love this couple. So Hillary and Devon, my black babies, I love uh, them for life. Thank yeah. you, Jean Passanante. Because you know she's the best the thing she I ever know. did. Thanks. Yeah, the best thing that Shelly and Jean ever did. That was, was Jean's me, story and was giving me Havon. Thank you. And who would have thought? That the most destructive man in daytime would not be the one to in that couple. I mean, you know what I mean? Like the fact that Charles Pratt Jr. actually wrote for them as well. Wrote well for them. Yeah. You know, wrote Charles very well for them. Touch, but I'm just like, Mal Young, I know it was a beautiful, it was, it was beautiful and it was touching, but you know what? If I saw that man on the street, I would take a bat to him for what he did to my couple. It was I'm premature. Like, it was too early still to end that couple and you know they should still be going to this day and yeah no they have it and I'm sorry I'm sorry no offense to the 11 fans all 11 of y'all but I'm just saying no, they, and they still well, got and it. I, I like them. I like the Lady Devon, but they Hillary's are still ghost, not on the same level. Hillary's ghost had more chemistry with Devon than the entire time that he'd been with Elena, and that is a that is a hill I will die on. I'm not even playing. I just I used to love the look that Hillary would give Devon, just that smile that Michelle Morgan used to do, and ah. Uh, and they love scenes were fire, yo. Oh, they were they hot. They were almost too hot for daytime television at 1130 in the morning. I mean, 
Oh. They were just you everything. Just rubber pies and oof, Lord. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm reading an Alan BJ poll right now because I'm getting hot in her. <laughs> That's the Vaughn effect. It does it to you. I keep telling you. Black people, go get you some. Uh, Rodrigo, let's go to you next, babe. What you got? So, my number one storyline. I'm number two. Oh, you didn't say your number one? Oh, go ahead, Tay. Oh, wait. Oh, Rodrigo, I'm sorry. I thought we hadn't even done your number two yet. Oh, oh I did my number two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Lord Tiggs, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tay. Go ahead, baby. See, 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 Casey's. Casey think all black men look alike. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I got glasses and, and goatee action going, so you might. So I guess I can see why he made that mistake. Look, it's well. I'm just saying they both have black glasses on right now. They both have it. Lord, I ooh. right now it's looking like Marge and Kay. I'm not sure who to go with. I'm like, oh, oh Lord, Mrs. Chancellor. Oh, Mrs. Chancellor, I'm Esther. I'm confused. We know. My, my, number two, <laughs> my number two is Casey and Emily the Fair on After World Times. Oh, Emily that was and Casey were so damn hot. Necessarily a number two. Mm. Well, mm. I, I mean, I wasn't ranking them as like five is the least and one is the greatest. I oh, just thought a five storyline. I, I guess you don't understand how top fives usually work. Look, no, I told y'all I came from this, it was off the cuff, goddamn it. We was all We can tell, baby, but continue. <laughs> but, anyway, <laughs> but no, it was a great storyline because it was steeped in history and when Margo found out she pulled that motherfucking gun on Emily and said, oh. not my baby. Mm-mm. Oh, and Margo pulled that gun. Oh, that was some good that shit. Was that bad. was some good <laughs> shit. Fuck that. Margo was about to pop her ass. I was like, pull that trigger, Margo. Pull it. Casey and Emily were so hot and forbidden, but Margo said, uh-uh. She pulled out her Glock and said, not today, bitch. She had not enough. today or tomorrow. She had enough. She had enough of that slut. She had enough of her ass. She like, she like, know what, bitch? I have tolerated you for so long. <laughs> I love Tom. I love Daniel. But bitch, you got to go. Oh, you gonna oh. have a baby with my husband? Now you gonna sleep with my son? Oh, bitch. She, got, she said she said not my baby. She <laughs> pulled that gun on Emily in her motherfucking house. Emily came to Tom and Margo's house, and Margo pulled out that Glock and said, "Bitch, not today, not tomorrow, and not next week. You got to go, bitch." That was the shit. Margo's oh. like, I'll just say it's an intruder that came in my house, and then you just came. And I just shot you. <laughs> okay. Oh, you didn't came to the Glock. I ain't got to waste no gas money. Uh-uh. Bring oh, that was the good stuff. Uh, that shit was the shit. But I do got a good number one, though. I do got a good number one. Because <laughs> since, you know, Rodrigo, Rodrigo took one life to live from me. So I think <laughs> that's what he did. He made up another one on the fly since Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah, like, because he, he took away the tell who's talking like, shit. Well, Rodrigo, oh. let, let's start with you then. What is my number one storyline is often duplicated, never the same. And that is the death of BJ and Maxie's heart transplant on GH. Now, let me tell you, I was 13 years old. (laughs) I have never cried my ass off so much at one storyline on the soap opera than I did. When poor little BJ, because we saw, we watched BJ grow up 
on screen. Watch him <laughs> grow up. Poor little BJ. Oh. Poor little BJ grow up to get on this bus, get in this accident. Yes. But at the same mm-hmm. time, what made it so great is Bobby starting an affair with Damian Smith. And Tony Jones finds her in that stairwell. At the same time, her baby, his baby girl is being wheeled into the hospital. That is some good, that's umbrella storytelling at its finest because Claire had so much going on at the same time to even have that happen. And Oh, when- God. And then Rodrigo, Lord, do you remember when Tony was telling Bobby what was happening? And he goes, come on, Bobby. You you're know a this. Nurse. You're a nurse. And she turned around and she goes, I'm a mother. I'm a mother. Oh. Jackie Zeman, who was robbed of that Emmy. I'm sorry. Mm, I'm damn. So, I love you, Rena Sofa, but that was Jackie Zeman's Emmy that year because the way... Oh, and then mm. Brad Maul, the worst Emmy loss in the history. He should have won that goddamn Emmy. I love you, yeah. Justin Dees, but that was not your Emmy to win. You don't even show up for these awards and you're still winning these awards. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brad Maul should have got that award. The, the scene when Tony went to Maxi after the transplant and there was no dialogue. It was just Tony in the room with Maxi and when he, when he went down and heard Maxi, when heard BJ's heartbeat inside of Maxi, I was just like, oh my God. There was no word said. Brad Maul just went in there and you could tell as a father himself in real life, you could just see the way he played that that scene, that moment, it just, to this day, BJ's death and Max's heart rate is still felt in Port Charles today. Um, it is. I mean, people yeah. love when, you know, BJ, you know, is there for ghostly sins. Mm. I mean, it was so good. And like that. the way that now you have other shows like <sighs> Delia getting killed, and you have Zach, Zach getting killed oh. on Days of Our Lives, and then a lot of these stories, all these other shows. The only one that came close to having the same effect of that was when Cassie died on Young and the Restless. That was the only like this. It's the closest I've ever felt for like a child dying on the show. Like, but. Well, I felt it for Zach on days two because, you know, I will never forget Christian just crumbling. Oh, Mm -hmm. the acting was good. Peter and Christian, they did some good acting on that one. They did. That blood-curdling scream. came into that church and Hope was like, get out! That that blood-curdling scream that she gave. Oh, yeah. It was so good. But what I love about the storyline, it was like the downfall of Tony Jones too, because you saw Tony it was. going down in the way and then it leading up to him meeting Carly. And then <laughs> and from then Tony was oh, never God. the same after BJ died. And the right. it, 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 Umbrella yes. story. Umbrella story. Now we got Maxi Hart going out every other year, so it is an umbrella storyline that keeps on. Maxi, don't forget to take your tums. Right, <laughs> but I wish we would have like today. I wish the only thing I wish we would have would be like little more moments between Bobby and Maxi, where they would just like too. you know, just impact. It doesn't have to be like yeah. all the time when they, but like just a little mention. Or maybe like little grave scene yeah. between Bobby and Felicia and Maxie at BJ's grave where they can like, you know, the, 
I think last year was the 25th anniversary of the storyline, and I thought they were going to do like some type of thing for it, but they didn't. But it's you know, but it, that storyline, I still talk about it. I'll YouTube it. it it's just I've never seen such a, a storyline that caliber done that way. Mm-hmm. And when Felicia is just brought to oh, her Christina knees Wagner in the middle of the, the hospital, moment, yeah. Christina Wagner's Felicia, and she goes no. Out. That it was her daughter's. It was Barbara Jean's art, and and she was like, "Not Barbara." Oh, and Jackie Herman, Jackie Zeman. Oh, just so many moments. Lucy, even Lynn Herring's reaction as Lucy. Damn girl. Oh, Lynn Herring's reaction. Have a cigarette after. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there was so liquor after this. What you? There was so much history. There was so much history. So much history played out in that storyline. So that was that's why it's my number one, and like, ugh, it couldn't get any better than that. Oh God! Ooh. Well, Alan, go ahead. You still have time to redeem yourself. So go on. Please, like this one or not? Because... His number one gonna be Natalie goes to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> His number one gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not. <laughs> Okay, it's my number one is Cousin Lovin' Guiding Light Jammy. That was my oh. ship. That was my cousin ship. We loved yeah. that jammy. Oh my. They were cousins, but them motherfuckers were hot. I was just praying, like, why couldn't Tammy have been switched at birth or some shit like that? It, it, it had an ick factor, but they had the chemistry. Maybe. Oh, I still think that was just so bold to do something like that. I was like, they were first cousins. First cousins. Well, and then the scene oh. where um, Cassie tries to get Tammy to realize, like, oh, and Tammy was like, he's JB, he's this, he's that. And Cassie's like, stop it. <laughs> you know his name isn't JB, it is Jonathan. <laughs> Yeah, so twisted to seduce your cousin out of revenge for your mother who left you. So sick and twisted. (laughs) Sick and twisted, but like, so I would take that. And I loved it. I'll take that over like the saccharine shit that we're getting these days on daytime because that was just some bold storytelling. You're not gonna get that now these days. They were, they were, they were so hot. Like I would have gotten like fanfic, goddamn it, where. Tammy was switched at birth, goddammit. And the real baby died and shit. So her and Jonathan could be together. I, I, I did. I song is my ringtone, baby. That's when they actually gave a couple songs because they had Unbelievable Bobby Hazel Brown freaking when she came out of that church when she didn't want to marry Sandy. Uh, Sandy was kind of cute, but he was kind of boring. Who cares about Sandy? Sandy was corny as fuck. And that leading into the reflection upon the 70th anniversary and how death comes full circle. And I mean, the fact that they took that back to Guiding Light's roots, you know, Erna started that show when she had a miscarriage and found solace. And, oh, I mean, they took it back and connected it to the show's roots. Amazing. Just amazing storytelling. Okay, Alan, you redeemed yourself in the eyes of the Lord and the yeah. eyes of Erna Phillips. So you did. 
We'll sign you on to another okay. season. Okay. <laughs> okay, because I'll, I'll take kissing cousins over goddamn Natalie any day of the week. Lord, kissing cousins. Oh, I feel like we're at a Trump rally. Anyway. <laughs> D, let's go to you next. What is your number one top spot? I'm sorry. I'm still on Trump rally. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to eat my fettuccine, finish up this podcast any way I can. <laughs> you, better, you better leave my jammy alone, too. Uh, my number one, I had to go back to, I looked at it like, okay, besides Yvonne, whose scenes do I watch the most? And hmm. I have to go with Sunny leaving Brenda at the altar. Oh, this is me standing in the rain. Oh, that oh. messed me up. Like, just that triangle was yeah. fire. That triangle was straight up fire. Like everybody, oh. it's like when when Vanessa Marcel said, "I dare you to say you can't be in love with two people at the same time." I'm like, I did not completely believe that until I saw them on TV. But yes. all the things that led up to it, like Sunny and Brenda having their last date, she was wearing that red dress. They were oh. dancing around, and then he sent Jason to tell her that he was gone and he said it's a great ride and her just sitting there she walked up that aisle by herself and the quarter mains were just dragging Sonny for filth because they were Brenda's family just all of it culminating then you know her coming out and it raining and her saying he always leaves me standing in the rain and I mean she dragged Jason she dragged everybody then the after effect the last show when she was in that hotel room and she was having all of those flashbacks, all of those sunny memories, and she said, Sunny, you were the drug. And then at the end, when she started crying and she's like, You weren't there. And then you find out that Sunny was there. He was across the street. And, you know, Brenda gave him back the diamonds. She said it was diamonds at the beginning and diamonds at the end. You can't touch Sunny and Brenda. Like, I'm sorry. You cannot oh. touch Sunny and Brenda that wedding messed me up like it is the one thing that will make me cry every time like it's the first time every time i see it like i'm like carson what carson who uh, i get everything i get so mad because vanessa marcel i don't know i get so mad I was like why did she leave with maurice for that first time y'all could just left after, after sunset Sonny and brenda would have been happy but the drama of it all that drama of that wedding it was like broke my heart. She literally and Brenda's. She believed in Sunny so much. She walked down the aisle by herself when she knew Sunny was not even at the altar. She believed in that fool. Believe that man was gonna come. Oh, and when he didn't come, and then Bobby, and then like Jason, just Stone Cold Jason saying it was like taking something beautiful and smashing it, and then it was a great ride. He was going to tell you it was a great ride. I, just, I will never Ooh. forget the blank stare that Vanessa had on her. I mean, Vanessa did something that is missing from daytime today, and that is just acting with your eyes first. And uh, and that's how Brenda started hating Jason after that. She really hated his ass. And, and it was, it was ooh, she was, <laughs> period. It was just, it was on site. It was just on site, like she was just ready to box. And it just, 
that storytelling, all the stuff that led up to it, the proposal, you know, them having sex off in the catacombs, her breaking <laughs> yes. the jack, all of those things mm-hmm. leading up to it. And then Tony mm-hmm. Braxton and the soundtrack, like when when the Tony Braxton started and then when Lois came, when Jax brought Lois back and they sitting there watching those stupid movies <laughs> and then at the end, Brenda's sitting there watching and it goes to the Tony Braxton and she's having this vision of her and Sonny on their last date dancing. Like, it'll never get better than that. I'm sorry, it'll mm-hmm. never get better than that. So that's my number one. Whew. Damn. I did pretty good considering I made this list on the fly, huh? Yeah, what was, <laughs> okay, real quick. What was your original, like, what did you think I meant? Like, I have to go back off in this in this group chat to figure out which one it was because I did a whole separate list than the one that you put. I'm like, because I'm like, should we just give D a solo one woman episode and have her do another? Shut up. I'm just saying. Oh God. No, <laughs> no. I think I, for some reason I thought it was top five soap actresses and I went for it. That's all right. Oh yeah. Well, I had a choice out there first, and then I was I like, know you oh, did. And I didn't see that part. That's my fault because I. Was no, like, that's okay, baby. That's okay. Yeah. We'll end with Sonny and Brenda end on a high note and, you know, no Natalie Buchanan, so we good, but I love you though, Alan. You know, you're no, mom. I don't want to, you know, bulldoze over the great loves of my life again. So Rodrigo and Tiggs, did I get the both of you? <laughs> I got my number one. I got my number one. I don't think Tiggs did. Tiggs, did you? No, get- I, my number one. <laughs> my number one because, God, it's been almost 20 years. Oh. I watched this, I just, I, that one particular episode. But no, it just wasn't the episode I was talking about. Okay. But no, the storyline was Greta's coronation on Days of Our Lives. Oh, that was a good one. That was like good. When Days of the Budget. Everything just building up to it and then just everybody getting shot at the motherfucking wedding, the special guest stars and shit. Everybody from daytime. (laughs) Everybody. They had Erna Phillips out there too. (laughs) She walked by. She was like, hello. Okay. Like weekdays on CB. Okay. Beverly McKenzie did a drive by shit. Oh, I got a glass of champagne, y'all. Like, you know, shit. (laughs) But it was just so good in the way everything tied together with Kate trying to kill Victor and Vincent wanting to kill Greta and shit. And and Austin being in love with Greta and shit. And Brandon and Nicole trying to help Victor, even though Nicole tried to kill the motherfucker three years later. And just, it was so fucking good. And then everybody just getting a cat bust in their ass. Oh, oh, it was shit. Oh, it was so goddamn good. I said, oh, shit, everybody then got shot. Now, that was a cliffhanger. That's how you do a Friday episode. Everybody got shot in that mother. The cameraman got shot. One of the producers got shot in the studio with a BB gun and shit. I'm like, no, the camera got a cat in the ass. Gary Townsend, who haven't even written the show yet. He got For shot. real. And motherfucking Lily Favishan with her old drunk ass. Oh, I loved her. Oh, she was hilarious. With her old drunk ass. She was so old and drunk. Oh, but just, oh, days was the shit. And, and, you know, Jennifer had just came back. Yeah, and Jack, and Jack was about to come back and shit. The good old days. <laughs> oh, and uh. everything and everything was going on with JT because it was right before the baby switch was about to come out. Lexi was scheming and shit. Days I love that was my Lexi. Then. That was the Lexi. For, that, that that was Renee Jones did the work of her career. 
Yeah, when that motherfucker oh, was listening to Stefano and scheming to keep on hold on to that white baby <laughs> and Lana going home, she said, this is Isaac, motherfucker. Fuck a JT. This is Isaac. Shit. Oh, it was the shit. And for all of it to come full circle for that baby to get ran over by Chelsea for him for, and for Abe to get his corneas. Oh. Shoot. The shit. Oh. Well, I think you guys already know my number one. There's a reason it is the pinned tweet of my Twitter profile. Good Lord. How do you even begin to sum up 40 years? Coming in at number one for me, it's Catherine and Jill's feud. It all started because Catherine was an old cigarette-smoking drunk, and Jill was the busty beautician, and Philip realized he wanted some busty beautician. And so (laughs) from there, it became a battle over the house. It became a battle over a child. (laughs) When the dream sequence where Jill was at her desk at Jabot painting her nails and Catherine walked in and said, let's toast to you, Jill, and then pulled out a pistol. Oh, my God. And then another dream sequence of Jill wanting to electrocute Catherine in a bathtub. I mean, oh, my God. (laughs) And, you know, I've never seen a feud work so well with so many different actresses. I mean, between Deborah Adair and Brenda Dixon and Melinda O'Fee and then Jess Walton and... You know, even when they thought they were mother and daughter, which, look, that was a very lackluster milk toast story that should have never happened, but that's okay. I can get past it because I can't ignore the rest. And then the attic fight and the spraying hose water at each other, and oh, my God. And then, oh, when it was revealed that Catherine gave Jill's baby away and Jill rushed over and grabbed her face and shook her and said, you gave my baby away. Oh my God. And then the big grand finale, Catherine, would you like me to help you up the stairs? No, Mm. I think I can manage. Jill, Mm. good night. Oh, Mm. oh, Gene Cooper's last scene. Gene Cooper's last scene was just so perfect. I didn't even think they knew that was going to be her last scene because the way she went up the steps... That and the naughtiest theme and oh, oh that moment. I mean, was, it was the perfect it, ending to Catherine's though. That was the perfect ending to that feud. And and and, and 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 at that moment, that was when my grandmother's going to rest and died for me. When oh, Catherine yeah. died, the show's like never been the same. Yeah, since and, and, and they know it too. That's why because you see it lost its last element of real Bill Bell storytelling, and you know. Gosh, I just... Jill is the only original character left on that show. It's the only one that Bill Bell hung on to for his reboot because he knew there was still more there to explore in the Jill and Catherine feud. And And that's why I hate that they mess with Jill's paternity. To me, she will always be Jill Foster. Oh, she's always Jill Foster. She is Jill Foster Abbey, goddammit. J.F.A. Fucking Bill Finmore, fucking Colin Atkinson. She is Jill Foster Abbey. (laughs) I will never forget the scene where 
Jill and Colin were in there in Mrs. Chancellor's living room. And Jill said, well, Murphy can just go back to his trailer. And Catherine took her six rings on one hand and gave Jill the five-finger hello. Oh, God. <sighs> Damn. I mean, honestly, just legendary. And then, you know, after Jean died and the real tribute they did um, in the Chancellor estate set and there will just yep. never be enough. They know. That's why when they came back from my hiatus, they know when they slip and they know to invoke Catherine's name so they can like get a few eyeballs. Yeah, but they then this they time they up. were like, wait, we don't have to show flashbacks because we showed 45 years of episodes on CBS. Exactly. <laughs> they were like, what flashbacks are we going to show? <laughs> and that's what pisses me off like, yes, Jess is semi-retired. When you have Jill there, Give her something to do. Give her something that's going to propel story. Well, now, Jess thank God we don't was... have her cooling over Kane anymore. But then you just have her, you know, she may talk shit to Jack. She'll call Nikki a bitch. You know, she'll get all in Billy's business and that's it. No, she's Jill fucking Abbott. Give her something to do. Well, the only story I was interested in by the time Wyandar left the air for its hiatus was what was going on with Jack and Jill because they were kind of rekindling their feelings for one another. And, you know, Jess has been asked back. Um, she's just not ready to go back yet. Um, you know, she needs a little more safety precautions first. But, you know, it's... Jill needs to come, when Jill comes back, it needs to be for an actual storyline. You know, a storyline that doesn't involve Colin, that doesn't involve no music boxes or portraits or letters that Catherine wrote 38 years ago to be released on May 14th, 2021. No, it needs to be a real storyline. I, I, I agree. Like, I've always wanted her and Jack together. Always. I've always wanted her and Jack together. I, I've always wanted it to be kind of like a situation where Billy kind of wondered, like, you sure Jack ain't my daddy? Just be on some bullshit. I don't want oh, to and be then I just want to be on some bullshit. And then Abbott, man, every time Catherine tried to break up John and Jill, <laughs> and I will never forget when Jill pretended to be sick to get out of one of Catherine's yeah. dinner parties. Because Catherine was set to reveal Jill's affair. <laughs> Brenda Dixon started coughing and hacking up. And John went, dear God, I think she's ill. And Catherine said, suck it up, Jill. <laughs> I just, oh my God. Catherine. I always want them to explore that because from all we know that Billy never, he, he doesn't know. He doesn't know that Jill and Jack fucked around back in the day. And for, for that to kind of like, just, you know, be a plot point. And for like, you know, Jason Thompson would act a damn fool like, y'all did what? When? And you know Jason Thompson. You sure Jack ain't my daddy? He should be on some bullshit. Like, you know. But I'm, I'm all for it. Because like, Jess is one of those people, she's always game. Well, you know, besides the COVID Jess shit. Jess is the other She's always game. If y'all got Jess something is on my screen, to do, Jess is just like, okay. I got two weeks in L.A. I will shoot as much shit as I can, and I'm carrying my ass back home. So, like, you know, just to give the her farm, something to you do. Know, home, did. home on the range, you know. I want them to utilize her like they used to do with Jane Elliott on GH in the 90s. 
when Tracy came home, Tracy started a whole bunch of shit and carried a well, yeah, got thrown out the house. Like six months worth of stuff in like two weeks. And you know, there there you go. Like do what Dave is doing with Allison Sweeney right now. That's one thing you could say. In the last seven years since she left that show, anytime Allison Sweeney comes back, she is fully utilized. Yes. I don't give a fuck if Joe the Plumber writing that motherfucking show. They already know. Not to fuck with Samantha. Ali Sweeney. You know when she come on that show? Elliot of the nineties. <laughs> she is. Like I can't wait to see what they're gonna have with her. Like coming down the pipe with this long scent. Well, anyway, I had our uh, listeners take to Twitter as well to tell us some of their uh, top stories, and there was quite a response. It better um, not be nothing stupid because we're gonna drag y'all out of love. The <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Um, let's see here. Terror Island from Sunset Beach was mentioned. That um, was shit. Yeah, that, that was. was oh, yes. Um, Sammy Nicole baby switch. Um, of course, a lot of people, you know, did the possession because, again, we talked about that. Who can ever forget that? I mean, come on. Marlena was possessed for a reason. Um, let's see. Uh, at Chef Emmett brought up the Vicky DID story. Um, of course, amazing. Um, at Sean DM brought up the Aztec jewels from General Hospital. Um, so yeah, lots of good stories mentioned by um, our listeners. Oh, and <laughs> this is probably my favorite one. Cat underscore three four seven brought up <laughs> Janet from another planet with Natalie in the well. <laughs> God damn it! God damn it! The good oh. Natalie! Oh! God damn it. Yeah, I caught your shade there. Don't think you slipping from that one. <laughs> that, that's what started Dimitri and Erica. Don't remember. Yes, but you all oh, know this. And, and, and his wife, Angelique. Looking Angelique. like Natalie. Yeah. yeah, I always, I always loved Kate Collins as Natalie. Her Janet, the first time around was okay, but when that motherfucking Robin Mattson came, oh shit, it was on. And then on. Um, one of the best stories, um, which is a story that almost made it to my list, was mentioned by um, at Scoma sixty, who shot Jake on another world. Oh yes. Yeah, that was some good shit. <laughs> oh, that damn Jake. That damn Jake McKinnon. He was a total everybody. I, lo- I loved him dearly. Him and Paulina was yeah. shit. Ooh. Oh, yes. He and Callie Timmons, and then he and Judy Evans. Yes. Oh, oh they was the shit. Oh. Well, anyway, Miss D, where can they find you on the tweeter? You can find me at TNZDD and you know, still repping Havon after all these years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't play their song all the way through. I can't afford no music rights for this. Already show. did. Thank you. <laughs> um, Mr. Rodrigo, again, the Whoopi Goldberg of this podcast, the man who was only here for an episode and then he leaves. <laughs> Where can they find you, my dear? You can find me at Rodrigo's World 81. And then, Alan, I know you work nights on the poll, but where can they find you on the daytime on the Twitter? You can find me, Kathleen, and every soap actor currently on soaps at Ounce Rapper. 
Lord, that thread's going to last a whole entire, like, three years. There are too many of them. Uh, and by and two, Alan hate, and Alan's going to hate everybody he's saying something nice about. <laughs> um, and then the man who always comes with the best interruptions and didn't know what a top five was until tonight. Tiggs, where can they find you on Twitter? Case you can kiss my ass again. <laughs> and secondly, the best 11985. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Casey, you ain't shit for that. <laughs> ain't shit. No, oh, you know I love you too. You better not ever call me shady again in your life after what okay. you like, this, He was like, in this dumb bitch. I was like, oh, okay. Well, Ed, you know, Tiggs, if you weren't taken, baby, you know I'd kiss your ass anytime you wanted. But um, oh, anyway, God. before we go, um, we must- Casey's such a bullshit artist. He know how to clean it up, don't we? <laughs> um, we must take the time to talk about some great men um, from daytime and primetime um, and even big box office movies who have left us. Uh, Multi-soap jumper Marcus Smythe, passed away um the amazing kevin dobson who spent 11 seasons on knots landing has passed away and of course chadwick boseman the original reggie on all my children and the man who took it all the way there for an oscar worthy performance um and black panther has passed away as well um d is there anything you would like to say on these passings before we go Wakanda forever. And I miss Knox Landing. <laughs> Please start streaming it. Put it out there. I miss That's all true. the good actors, but I'm saying y'all need to watch Knox Landing. It's actually good television. Okay, 14. Oh, the season. best. Better Split. than Dallas. Don't have it. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. And then, Rodrigo, is there anything you would like to say on these three great men who have left us? First and foremost, like, Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. I think that one really hit me the hardest. Um, just because it was unexpected. But the mark, the legacy he left behind will forever, forever be cemented in American history, in cinematic history, in the history period. Um, he just left such a great mark behind and forever grateful for what he did for the culture. Um, Kevin Dobson. What can you say about Mac McKenzie? He's one, one of the last great good guys on primetime soap opera, <laughs> period. Mac was the ultimate good husband, the good guy, the supporter. Uh, but he set you straight at the same time. Um, but Mac and Karen were that ideal that couple you would looked up to because they just, they were the couple that everybody ran to when they had their problems. And they were the couple that everyone counted on the most. And that just goes to testament of Kevin Dobson, the way he just came in there and just, people forget that he wasn't the original cast member. He came in about maybe season three of the show, season three or four. And, but he he had a long lasting impact on that show. So he will be missed. Um, and then Takes, is there anything you would like to say? Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Um, 
It, it was so crazy. I had forgotten that he was the original Reggie until Black Panther came out a couple years ago and they, they, they acknowledged. And I'm like, damn, that's right. Like, for you to get a job and you to have your first scenes with Vincent Arizari and Vanilla Hughes, yeah. Yeah. like, the boy was blessed from jump. He was blessed from jump. And just, it, it did. It came out of nowhere. I had no idea the man was sick. Yeah. It, it just, it, it, it was a gut punch. My boyfriend had texted me, texted it to me because, you know, I was just up watching YouTube playing video games. And then he texted me. I said, Chad, well, who? Who? And it's just, it, it, I was speechless for about half an hour. I couldn't believe it. You know, I, it, 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 he, he took, he did a great job because I, I, I saw some of the scenes. I, I searched on YouTube and saw, like, rewatched the scenes. Because I had forgotten, but I'm like, yeah, he did a great job, and he paved the way for Michael B. Jordan, you know, and they took that character, and he went from holding Anna Devane hostage to being Erica Kane's got a uh, stepchild, so, you know, that's a glow up. Um, Kevin Dobson, I love Mac. Mac and Karen were the shit. Yes, every, they were. Every Wednesday night at nine o'clock, <laughs> I was on my mama's lap watching us landing with her. Amen. And you know, and I, I, I even didn't hate him as Mickey Hort. You know, they needed somebody. John Clark had retired. Rest in peace, John Clark. Then they had John Ingle. Rest in peace, John Ingle. And he took his ass back to GH. They had to find somebody. And then Ken Corday just said, "Oh fuck it, kill him." So you know. <laughs> He did he he did a good job as Mickey. I, I liked him and EJ being in business together. Oh, being yeah. lawyers and shit. Rest in peace to a real one. Wait, who was the third one? Who did he play on Casey? Um Marcus Mythe. Um he was most famous for playing Peter uh Love on Another World, which I loved. Peter, oh Lord. Always trying to get Reginald's approval. And then, okay, yeah. Okay, I kind of he was shot by Brittany Peterson. <laughs> Yes, because I, I remember, I, I kind of, I remember, I think I do remember him from watching like the old episodes of Never World when it was on Soapnet. Okay. And then, of course, I mean, he was very famous um, for his work on Search for Tomorrow. I was never really, you know, I don't know much Casey. about Search for Tomorrow. I just don't. Uh, Casey, you know, we, you know, we some young bitches. We don't know nobody knows Search for Tomorrow. Child. I don't either. I, I know the bare bones about Search for Tomorrow. Uh, I know it was on for 35 years. That's all I know. <laughs> um, I'm searching for today. Shit. But, <laughs> and you know, yeah, Chadwick. I mean, and just opening up about you know leaving all my children to just find better uh, mm -hmm. material and find better work that wasn't stereotypical, um, which takes a lot of guts when you're an actor just starting out to say I'm going to leave one of the biggest shows in daytime to go find better material and find honest material. Um, that's amazing. And then, you know, you all know how I feel about Knott's Landing. I mean, that is my shit. Knott's Landing, God. And Kevin Dobson and just what he brought to that show as Mac, you know, and Mac and Karen just having, you know, he really took Karen away from being so buttoned up. And he really gave her life again after Sid died. Um, just amazing. And, you know, now in honor of him, I'm starting a Knott's Landing rewatch podcast. So, 
that's where I'm at. But I'm still in mourning over my poor Kevin Dobson. I will miss him so much. And uh, anyway, Alan, is there anything you would like to say before we head out? Recipe Shadow Roseman. I loved him. He was a great actor. And I didn't watch Nas Landing or Another World, but Recipe Shadow Two Other Men. Alan, you need your ass whooped. How you never watched um, Nas Landing? Or Another World. Okay. I'm only 33. I haven't watched those shows, and they're on streaming. And Another World was kind of like... Alan, you came on at the same time as One Life to Live and all my... and um, One Life to Live as the world turned, so I can understand why he didn't watch Another World. I'm just saying in his defense. But here yeah, we go. I, I'll let you be many hours in the day. Are you ready? And then one day it happened. Oh. You would have loved Another World. I think you would have uh, really you loved... You need to go watch Another World on you. There is so much of another... Basically, the last decade of Another World is on YouTube. And you need to go... The Signet story and the Kathleen story. Oh, Lord. Like, like Alan, you would you would have loved Vicky. Vicky was a shitty-ass mess. But she was great. You would have loved Vicky. You would have loved Paulina. You would have loved oh. Felicia. Oh, Alan would have been up all on Felicia. Oh, God. Yes, you would love Felicia. But yeah, and then not. Oh, Alan. I'm oh yeah, Alan, you would have I'm loved. I'm email you. Oh, he would have loved Paige. He would have loved Paige and Abby all day. Oh God, there's a reason it lasted longer than Dallas, which many people seem to forget. But I'm just throwing that. Out. Like Abby was a bitch in heels, and so was Paige. Alan would have loved him. Oh, but yes, you know, may those three great actors rest in peace and their work will never be matched again um just wonderful you know from one that came at the heyday of soap operas when a soap could be watched by 15 million people just here in the u.s and then another one who changed knots landing forever and then you know just one of the most cherished actors in recent movie history. I mean, okay. just amazing. A brother made Mickey Mouse a billion dollars, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, anyway, uh, we will be back next week with an all-new episode. Thank you always for listening and continue to tell us your top five favorite soap storylines. I would love to hear some more. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Night. Bye.